Welcome to LA Radio Sessions. I'm your host, Mike Stark. LA Radio Sessions, it's where we explore all areas of pop culture. Paste Magazine is quoted as saying that Stephen Kellogg is the best songwriter you're not listening to. CBS Radio, the best live act you've never seen. So today, I'm going to try to introduce my audience to Stephen Kellogg. First of all, all things Stephen Kellogg can be reached at stephenkellogg.com, right? That's right, yeah. Let's talk about what's there. First of all, you have, and I love this, the family store. Most uh, musicians have a third party operating their store, and you have your family operating it. I think it's awesome. (laughs) Tell me a little bit about how how that came to be. Much to their occasional chagrin, but uh, (laughs) as I sometimes indelicately remind them, this is how we survive or whatever. But I, I know I'm not alone in the in artists that at this point feel like you've sort of we're increasingly losing our ability to just interact with the people that listen to our music, you know. And one thing that happened was a few years ago when I was really kind of confronting that reality. I just thought we gotta we gotta figure out how we can t- control the story with I mean we're not I'm not the biggest artist in the world but I really don't want to lose touch with the people that listen to my music because we have good things we want to give them and, and and we need them in order to do what we do so um, we started kind of building our website back up we started reengaging and and encouraging people to sign the mailing list and. We took over our online presence because I thought, how often do you order a T-shirt from a website? And, you know, you don't you know, there's no real connection if something's wrong or whatever. And so I thought, let's do this ourselves. I can get my four daughters involved in the whole filling orders and give them a sense of, you know, and, and really what it's been for the last few years, Mike, is it's like. I feel like those families, those Italian families that have a pizza place and the kids are working, you know, everybody's doing jobs. And that's that's how it is with us and this stuff. And and uh, it's been a really fun experiment for the last few years. Well, you're very family oriented. You're very community oriented. And when I say community, you're a musical community and you hold a barbecue every year. I hear nothing but amazing things about this barbecue. Uh, Tell us a little bit about the barbecue. At some point, we realized, okay, we're not we don't we're not in a situation where we can throw you know a massive concert. But what if we grabbed you know made a weekend just for the for the people who were really a real fan weekend, a fan oriented weekend, and we get a few hundred people together, and I play a lot of songs, I play a ton of sets, and I try to play a lot of deep cuts, things people don't normally hear, and then during the day. We throw a huge barbecue. We play cornhole. We have a water balloon toss, you know, because that's what I would want to do with my favorite artists. You know, I'd want to just kind of be able to chat a little and have a burger. And that is basically what we we sat down and said, what would we want to do with our favorites? And we've tried to create that weekend. And, and people can find out about that on the website as well, right? Yes, absolutely. Okay, and also tour dates because you're about to start that up again, right? Yeah, we're. I know, we're, uh, I know. it's uh, how how you doing with that? <laughs> well, 
<laughs> I gotta say, you know, so one of the things is I, I have been a, a road guy for 20 years, yeah. and one of the things from what we've all kind of been going through since since Corona started was, you know, I I, I moved to a virtual format. I had a great time doing that too. But what was really amazing was I was home for the first time in 20 years and I got to really tuck my kids in and just be present in a way that I hadn't been able to. And I said to myself, when this comes back, I want to rebuild it differently because I don't want to, I'm not willing to keep missing as much as I've missed. Like I want to do things a little different. Not, I still got to play. I got to figure out how to make a living, but I've got to figure this out, rebuild differently, swore that was the game plan. And the day that the offers started coming in, I've said yes to 97. <laughs> Every one of them, yeah. So I'm leaving for like three months next week. It's just, it's, you know, I, yeah. Okay, I want to give uh, my listeners uh, a little bit of a background as to who, what you're about, because a lot of them probably have never heard of you. So uh, I want to I start from the beginning. You talk a lot in your shows about how you wanted to be Bon Jovi, which I I've never, ever seen the connection to be honest <laughs> with you, but, uh, Bon Jovi or whoever, what were some of your early musical influences? Let me explain the, but the Bon Jovi connection was this. I, I grew up on my dad's records, Crosby, Stills and Nash, Eagles, you know, Jim Croce, I mean, 70s songwriter stuff. And that, uh, even as a kid, I go to sleep to Cat Stevens' T for the Tillerman album, you know, which is a really melancholy album, and it explains a lot about the way I exist in the world when I look (laughs) it back. But then my sister took me when I was probably 10 years old to see White Snake and Great White, and shortly thereafter to see Bon Jovi, you know, when Bon Jovi was really firing all on all pistons as the brotherhood of Bon Jovi, the New Jersey album. Sure, and, sure, you sure. know, and going to see as a 10 year old, the energy of that concert, the, you know, the hand outstretched hand. And right. Get through this together. But that's the connection. It's this idea of the brotherhood of a band, you know marrying your high school sweetheart which i happen to have also done you know it's this it's this it's this sort of mythological ethos that really appealed to me and it was all fueled by a desire to impress a girl you felt with bon Jovi. you know it was like i gotta get the girl i gotta make this happen i related to all that so much so even though my music never sounded that way you know the idea of being a good guy not a bad boy, because I knew I wasn't a bad boy pretty early on. You know, it was like yeah. the idea of, of like being a good guy and chasing music and 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 helping, you know, triumphing over the blues. Like that's yeah. what I relate to about Bon Jovi. You know, musically, yeah, there's not we're not really there. Uh, but that 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 idea took hold at a young age. And it, and so if you kind of take the music of my dad's records couple it with that then that was where the journey you know and then i had all my phases bob dylan phase grateful dead phase bob marley phase um it's kind of a beatles phase although that i still think i might have a much deeper beatles phase than i've ever had so far Mm. um their songs are actually hard to play and and like that that i've always gravitated towards music 
that was easy to play because I don't feel like I'm a very good musician most of the time. You know, uh, I, w- I would argue that all I'd have to do is point to a song like Thanksgiving with the time changes and the lyrical changes and all the things like that. I would argue your premise there. Yeah, well, I appreciate that. And I and I, it, you know, and that would be I mean, some of why I write a song like that is to push myself to be a little to to be a little more fearless um, and not afraid to do complex things. Oh, Thanksgiving, the harvest draws to a close. Pride of man will swallow him, for he reaps what he sows. Like the things you know are true Never can explain when you get asked
let's let's back up a little bit and talk about we talked about it a little bit at the start how has this uh covid pandemic affected you with the your music and and with your business for, for that matter um and and are you are you gonna are you pulling through okay yeah uh well thank you for asking yes we are we're pulling through i had i had written a book uh that came out last year and we decided to to rent our own venues and not do the traditional music venues for the book tour so i had rented a a civil war museum in kansas and a brewery in milwaukee and an art gallery in iowa because we did that we had also sold the tickets ourselves so when covid hit we had a lot of control over what we did which mm -hmm. was a luxury that most of my peers didn't have but because of it we begged the ticket buyers to trust us that we would deliver them the best possible virtual experience they could have anywhere and then i practically had a nervous breakdown trying to make that happen but ultimately we did make um you know i don't say this in an arrogant way but we had i, I a very strong virtual thing going we really put a lot of thought into it and and the, the miraculous thing that happened was every when it started everybody said oh, you know the, the the people i'm getting advice from you're not going to be able to be there these can't be longer than 45 minutes nobody's got the tolerance by the end we were doing two hour shows every you know every time uh it, the we can tell if you people drop off and they never did i mean it was like it really it it proved something to me it proved that you can connect with people even when you're not in a physical space um and i saw at the beginning i was working so hard i saw that even when i was with my family you're not necessarily with them if you're not present to it so it really pushed the boundaries of my understanding of of what's possible in connection you know like just how much you could how how real this is what you and i are doing uh and how if you're not careful you can be incredibly distant from someone sitting right next to you you know yeah and i i would assume that there's going to be a, a maybe a, a niche of virtual that will continue after the pandemic right i hope so i mean right now we have put it on pause like because it's you know we've got to sort of grab sure. this moment but i i was so much braver in my virtual shows that, than i feel i've ever been because you don't you know i i would joke about it but i'm like you can see me i can't see you so if you don't like this i'm not sensing all that i'm just right. kind of so you take a chance you know you tell a story you might not have otherwise told you 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 play songs you wouldn't have played i mean i did i did nights of albums that i hadn't played in in 15 years you know mm -hmm. it was uh and i swore to myself which i'm gonna try to stick to i'll be braver when i come back like mm -hmm. it's not it's okay nobody gets hurt if you do something bad in music you know it's like you gotta try that's how the greats sure, do sure. it so i i caught one a month or so ago where you actually brought your daughters out on stage and i thought that was just that was just unbelievably great. It, was, it it showed the community. It showed the family that that we don't get to see when you're when you're on the road. So that was that was really great. We were in this house. There were times in COVID where, where things were so scary. We didn't know, especially the beginning. You didn't. There was no information on this thing. Um. So we really didn't let anybody in the house. I had some help getting it set up. 
And then my wife produced the show. And she's not in this. This was never part of the agreement when we got married. <laughs> You're going to sit and watch me play several times a week. I mean, it was such a crazy thing. And my kids became, because they, you know, they're getting into music, it was like those were the only musicians available to me for like almost a year. So they started sitting in more and singing more songs. And and I'll never, I'm so grateful for that that sort of took flight during that time. Yeah, it, it's really great. And it, again, it shows what you're about, the community, the family, all of that. It, it came across on the uh, videos as well, I have to tell you. Oh, all right. Yeah. A lot of times it's tough to talk about specific songs. So I'm going to, I want to find out um, what your favorite songs are. Now, I know this is like picking your favorite kid um, <laughs> and you've got 20 plus years of, of a catalog, but what are the songs when you go out every night and perform, which are the ones that mean the most to you? Mm. That's a great question. Um, you know, it does, it, I'm not, I'm not skirting the question. It does change for me every day. Like when I got into the Grateful Dead, what I took away from that was the power of painting a new palette every night, changing the set list always. A lot of times the music isn't as precise when you do that, but there is a sense that every show is itself a work of art. You know, mm -hmm. it's you might be playing the same songs, but because they're in a different order and you're coming at them from a different emotional jumping off point, it's less of a Broadway show and more of a, you know, free form painting. And, and that it holds true when I'm making the set lists, you know, I'm kind of, it's, it's the songs that I need to sing that day. Mm. You know, um, there are songs that come up for me more consistently, you know, um, lately, you know, Objects in the Mirror off the new album is one that comes up a lot for me. I, I, I need to play that regularly. Satisfied Man has always been a song like that for me. Um, I love a song like going way back, like Cradle of Family off my Bulletproof Heart album. And but I don't play that one very often because I it, it, I need to it needs to feel right. Um, but when it does, I always walk away being so grateful that I got to do that, you know, uh, oh, oh, with the band especially playing the song almost woke you up uh as that's a big one i always feel that and that feels like you know they sometimes feel like little prayers little offerings that you're throwing up to the universe to say like may this still hold true you know i'm gonna grab a few of my favorite songs and have you react to them if that's all right my favorite place hmm that's the one that has the most reach for the most people. Um, and we've we cl we've closed been closing the show with that a lot as a result. The thing about that song is it was the third song I wrote that day. Uh, I was writing with my friend Tyrone Wells, a California guy, actually, Southern California guy. And uh, we had written one for him and then another one of mine called We Belong Here. And then... After dinner, he said, you want to write one more? And I'm like, who works this? This is so much work. <laughs> Another song, two songs, like three songs in a day. Um, and maybe because of that, that one is so much more streamlined. You know, like there's nothing, you know exactly what I'm singing about there. 
Uh, and there was what I didn't realize when we wrote it was the the power that 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 would, you know, insane it extremely straightforwardly, what that could mean to people. Uh, and late, I've been actually thinking of, of doing a, an updated recording of that song because the song, the, the way that we play it live now um, feels like how we should have recorded it. It just has, I can, I always see the arena when I'm doing right. one. Right. And I love that it means what it means to, to, to so many people. I mean, I'm, I'm grateful for it. It's never, I don't play that song and go, wow, I can't believe I wrote that lyric, which at the risk of sounding immodest, sometimes I do on my other songs. Right. I'm like, damn, that's good, man. You know, my favorite place, my I have no ego in that song. It's just touching to me that it means a lot to people. You well, know? it does mean a lot to people. And the first time I saw it was on the rock boat with an amazing thing that happened. And I know you remember this. You were in the middle of the song on an outdoor stage. The rain started mm. and the uh, the uh, crew started shutting everything down. You continued the song and the audience joined with you. And it was one of those, you know, check for the goosebumps moments for yeah. me, at least. I yeah. don't know how it was for you, but uh, uh, yeah. Well, there's that picture because I think I, if I remember correctly, I went up to the to the you know the balcony and I right. I did something I have never done before since I tore my shirt off and threw it in the crowd. <laughs> which and I'm not built. I don't have the build for that. But <laughs> I, I remember that picture, um, and that was special. It was fun. Yeah. city where the sound is a subway at night the people I see on the crowded streets it helps me to feel more alive and I gotta get back to the country where the sound is a song of the spring the kids in the town running around it helps me to feel like I'm free my favorite place My worry slips away Then I could stay here for Days and days and days and days and days This is my favorite place My worry slips away Well, it's time I was getting back home Where the sound is a song of my heart Places I go, I always know home is wherever you are. Let's sing. Say this is my favorite place. My worry slips away. Then I could stay here for days and days and days and days and days. This is my favorite place. My worry slips away. I could. 
All the places I go, I always know home is where I'm. Home is where I'm. Home is where. Home looks like Fairfield tonight. you mentioned earlier objects in the mirror mm. uh, that that's that's a great song and where you there are dates that are discussed some of them are personal some of them are more universal and mm-hmm. it just is a touching song you have any thoughts on that one yeah well thank you i, I wrote that with uh, another rock book eric donnelly and i wrote that together mm. and um I was supposed to meet my wife at a party in town that day and I never showed up and she's like kind of like what the hell like where where why didn't you come and I said and I just said I was I was writing something that I had to write and I I showed her the lyrics and she's like I was off the hook you know yeah. <laughs> um but uh but yeah that that one you know sometimes you get this fear when you're as a songwriter what if I've written the best stuff that I'm ever going to write? And what if I have nothing new to say or offer the world, you know? Uh, 
or myself offer it. You know, just what if what if it's all behind me? You know, this is always the fear. Mm -hmm. And I guess why Objects in the Mirror as a song meant so much to me is when that one came up, it was like, okay, good. Uh, There's more. You know, like it gave me faith that I would still be able to do better than I've done so far. Like that was that was in that class of of things that I hadn't said yet that I needed to say, you know, and that felt good. I'll be trying to reach you till I hear you. It's so wonderful to think that you were born those many years ago. 1176 When you're young, raising children As we look back through the looking glass Visions closer than they appear Stubbing toes on toys Those days you wish were still here There'll be objects in the mirror Just objects in the mirror 
title for your book as well because you were the book was looking at those objects in the mirror right yeah 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 Yeah. no i mean you know and as you get older you know that's what happens you suddenly there's more and more behind you and what are you going to do are you just going to look back at it um are you going to keep keep moving forward how do you how do you reconcile the path? I mean, you know, there's sometimes you have 10 years of awesome and it's easy to end up just reaching back for that. Uh, so a lot of that book and the album are about, you know, what do we do now as we move forward? You know, I'm, I'm, I'm 44 now, but it's like, what, you know, what are we going to do with the time that we have here? Sure. You know? Absolutely. Now, the song that I've personally adapted is my my theme song and that that would be last man standing mm. which uh really is uh, a motivator when for me especially when i get down about way things are going or whatever put mm. that song on it it brings it brings new life to life mm. so to speak Good. thank you thank you mike thanks for saying that that's that's great uh you know i uh the album that that's on southwest northeast um I had finished the album and I went out and did a few shows where I I played just songs from the album 
before it was out just to see and the thing i realized that's that song is a double album it has 19 songs on it and i went out and there was not a single like uplifter on the record and so i thought i hadn't released it yet and I, but I, I i called my manager and said i i just feel like we need at least one you know it's a little wild to put out an album and so i wrote a song and i went into the studio and what was that song called it was called it was a terrible title it's called something like it doesn't get better than this like it was in and, and, and the song like i recorded it and i and, and when i listened back to it after we were done i just thought this is terrible i can't put this out uh and i didn't you know and, and i we shelved <laughs> it and i'm driving home like well i guess i'm going to actually put out a record without a properly redemptive song on it which is not something i've really ever done and last man standing was sitting it just I, it just occurred to me and I pulled over out of this the, the side of the road and had one of those things you hear about where 10 minutes later, everything about the song was written. The music, mm -hmm. I had my guitar in the back and I was driving home from this studio and it was like, this was here. It was a gift from the universe and it was and we were going to mastering on Monday and it was wow, 4th wow. of July weekend and I called every studio i knew could could anybody get me in to just record this song this weekend get it done the whole thing and i connected with and everybody says fourth of july we got planned like nobody mm -hmm. would and then i called my best friend from high school who i had a metal band with back in the day and he said sure and i drove straight to his house and we worked into that night and then the next day and then we mixed it the day after that, and then it all got mastered Monday. It was like, wow. and that, and that's why that song is a little more lo-fi. I mean, it, he and I, he didn't really completely know how to use some of the gear. I mean, he wasn't really an engineer, but I just said, this is happening now. It's the only way we can do it. And, and uh, that, yeah, that I song, think I think yeah. the lo-fi aspect of it adds to the flavor of the song myself personally. But uh, anyway, that's, yeah. Gonna choose sunlight Gonna drink wine Bound to win a few fights Before my time Gonna make love now Ain't the future bright Gonna be the last man Standing tonight Gonna be the last man Gonna be the last man Gonna be the last man Standing tonight Gonna make a difference Gonna speak my mind Family, yeah. 
Gonna pour my heart out Till the day after I die And when I am an angel Looking for a landing Gonna be the last man standing Gonna be the last man Gonna be the last man Gonna be the last man time so I want to close with uh, a personal story I have a grandson that has medical challenges and several years ago um, he was taken to the hospital emergency situation and they had to cut his shirt off and he was wearing courtesy of my wife who had bought one at one of your shows a Stephen Kellogg t-shirt mm-hmm. And uh, so it was cut off. And so this got back to a mutual friend of both of ours. Um, and a couple of weeks later, in the mail came a T-shirt and a, just an amazing note from you to mm. our grandson. Mm. And we will always appreciate that act of kindness. Mm. I feel you. Thank you, Mike. And by the way, he's doing great. Oh, that's so great, man. Uh, well, thank you for sharing that. And I'm so I'm moved. Uh, I didn't, I'm supposed to be the interviewer and not get, you know. You know how I roll, man. I'm, I am Mr. Tears and Paint. <laughs> and it gets get any easier. The older I get, I can't, I can't stop these things. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So anyway. But, no, I, I mean, you know, for all the money I haven't yet made in my life, it, the stories like that are the currency that feeds uh, our soul. You know, it's like uh, and so thank you for taking the time to hear that. And I'm so glad to hear he's he's doing uh, well. That's that's everything. You know? And so I, I urge my audience to go out and see you when you come to their town. And please come to our town again, Stephen, uh, soon. Get I will. But we always we see at the hotel cafe or wherever you, you show up. We were The last time we saw you, you were with uh, our buddy Will. I've had Will on this show so many times he won't come on anymore. So, uh, yeah, that was, that was a great show as well, the two of you on tour. Did Will and I – was that, was that out there? Did we do Southern California? Did, yeah, hotel cafe. There was the cafe we did. God, yeah. That's and I brought I brought both my daughters to that show. Uh, it, it, it was a great show. So we had we had such a good. I mean, I I don't think I've laughed as hard as I laughed on that tour. That was a great a great time. Oh, yeah, I miss yeah. Will. That's good. 
Yeah. That's good. And it should be noted that Will produced your uh, last album, right? Sure did. Yeah. Yeah, he sure did. No. Well, once again, Stephen, thank you for everything you do. And uh, thank you for spending some time with me today. And really appreciate the music. It it gets me and a lot of other people through some tough times. So thank you, sir. Mike, thanks for having me on your show and sharing those stories with me. And I really I look forward to seeing you out there in person soon. Absolutely. Awesome. All right. Thank you, sir. Well, we never say goodbye. We say see you later. See you soon. Exciting heart, help me believe in myself and get the start to start. Fifteen burning balls of fire, ten days since we left. No one understands me like the whiskey on my breath. It's ten minutes to showtime. Baby, stop your crying. Everybody knows why Well there's just no time
I want to thank Stephen Kellogg for joining me today on LA Radio Sessions. Find out what's going on with Stephen and get his music at stephenkellogg.com. I'd love to hear what you think of the show. Drop me an email at mike at laradiostudio.com. Visit and like the LA Radio Sessions Facebook page to keep up with upcoming shows. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you next week. Stay tuned. More to come.